Welcome back to the big program. Uh, 10.08 in Edmonton. Great weather coming up today, tomorrow, weekend, which uh, comes to this text from Morris. Kevin, just wondering if you or any of other of the 1440 hosts are planning on making an appearance out at Sakers Acres for the world's longest hockey game junior edition this weekend. I'm going to try my very best. Uh, obviously, have a lot of ties to the game being uh, playing in the game five times in the world's longest game, starting in uh, 2005. Man, it's a long time ago already. But uh, there's a few things going on this weekend. I'm going to the Oilers game Saturday afternoon. I've got uh, there's uh, the uh, memorial service for Robin Brownlee on Sunday afternoon as well. But we've uh, we're going to try our very best, and it's a wonderful cause. We had Brent Sake on the program earlier in the week on uh, Tuesday, I guess it was, talking about how things are going and. He was so busy. He wanted to come in the studio, but he's so busy trying to get the ice a little thicker for the kids this weekend starting. Um, well, I guess puck drop is is uh, this afternoon. A puck drop is at 3 o'clock this afternoon. So it runs all the way right through till uh, till till uh, Sunday. So uh, the kids are ready to rock and roll. I'm sure we'll, we might even maybe have an update tomorrow. We'll get, grab someone out there, maybe talk to Saker again just for a couple minutes to see how things are going. But uh, try our very best. If you have a chance, just uh, head out to Saker's Acres. It's, uh, you know, near Ardrossan, between Sherwood Park, Ardrossan. Wonderful facility. The, the dressing room is just outstanding. Uh, the upper area where people can meet and bands are playing and you got food going and things like that. There's fires outside, you know, by the, by the rink. It's a wonderful experience. So uh, if you can make it out there, thanks for that text, Morris. Rob, hey, how's your French onion soup game? If you need a good recipe, send it. Uh, uh, I can hook you up. Send it our way, Rob. French onion soup. Oh, that is an, that just pure artistry. I got the proper broth and the onions. It's so caramelized and everything like that. Janice says, I'm on Kevin's combo. I'd add bacon to the tomato sandwich, though. Toasted tomato sandwich. This is the one, Duke, I was going to... If we had more time with Laddie, this one would have sent him off the deep end. He would have went... Could you imagine his reaction on this one? If I would have said, uh, uh, cold cucumber and avocado soup and a vegan eggplant BLT. What do you think, Duke? Would you ever... I think that that is something that I would not like to eat. Would you ever consider trying it? I'll try almost anything. Like even back this fall in one of uh, Connor Halley's and mine adventures to the Canadian Brew House on a, I think that was a Monday night. I went and joined mm-hmm. him in Fort Sask. We uh, we tried the cauliflower wings uh, for the first time, and and you know they're fine. I'll try anything once because this goes back to this goes way back to people chirping me about the uh, the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> like, how can you say you don't like something until you've tried it? whether it be a type of music or a type of food, whatever, right? So I that does not sound appealing to me, but if it were, and I would not go out of my way, but if it was presented to me, I'd give it a try. Then if I don't like it, I can definitively say so. Yeah. Otherwise, right now, I'm just speculating. How, how often before or since did you uh, try the cauliflower wings? Have you ordered them since? Zero. Or, okay. Like would they, you, and I, you'd never order them again? Why would I order that when I can have real chicken wings? It's a question again, but <laughs> did the, was the taste there? Was the texture there? The, the people that tried to say, and, and this is like, they're like, yeah, it tastes just like chicken. No, it doesn't. No. Like they're, they're drenched in the same sauce or whatever. So you can taste that. And like the consistency is different. Like I said, they're fine. And mm-hmm. if the people are, you know, 
vegan, vegetarian, whatever, and that's their alternative, all the power to them. They're not for me because I'm not a vegan or vegetarian, so I'd per- I'm going to prefer the real deal. Oilers and Hawks tonight. couple texts before we talk a little football after the break with Joel Reedy from the Associated Press. Comes from Al. No sympathy for the Hawks. When you move out players like DeBrinket and Doc to purposely tank the team, you get everything you deserve. Jordy says, we all need to pray to the hockey gods that Connor Brown gets a goal tonight. What would the odds be of that, Duke? Uh, I'll, I'll just check the book, see if I can come back with that later in the show. How about like the last game? I'm sure we touched on it uh, on a Wednesday morning, but the, the two-on-one, the, it literally looked like it went right through his stick. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> so tonight, uh, last night in Seattle... The Hawks lost by a score of 6-2. to two. It was close. And you heard uh, Carmen DeFalco, so he was watching the game. Donato had a breakaway. Joey Decord makes a save. If that goal goes in, it's 4-3. Who knows? The Hawks are hanging around a little bit more. Seconds later, uh, Th- Thomas Tatar scores to make it 5-2. Game over. So last night, we saw in goal for the Chicago Blackhawks, we saw Arvid Soderblom. So mm-hmm. that means we will see... Peter Morazic tonight. The and newly Mrazic, signed Peter Morazic. Yeah, just signed. So Morazic signed the two-year contract extension, $4.25 million, runs him through 2025 and 2026. Once again, and we'll see uh, we'll see um, uh, Troy Murray tonight at the game. And looking forward to watching Alex Vlasic again. Hopefully he's in action. Uh, wonderful young defenseman, just 22 years of age. And Kevin Korchinski will be back in the lineup. He was not playing here the last time that the Hawks were here because his father, unfortunately, uh, passed away. So it'll be Chicago and the Oilers tonight. Uh, the Oilers power play humming along, 25.7%. Not humming along. It's just kind of been stagnant is where it's been in the sense in this winning streak. But the penalty kill has been the difference. One of the biggest differences, the Oilers have uh, enabled themselves to win 14 games in a row, clipping along 93.2% over that stretch. When we come back, we will talk a little NFL football. It's uh, AFC, NFC championship games this weekend, but also big, big day in Los Angeles with the Chargers naming Jim Harbaugh their next head coach. So we will check in with Joel Reedy with the Associated Press coming up after the break on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now to talk a little NFL football. It is championship weekend on Sunday. Kansas City and Baltimore for the AFC. Detroit and San Francisco for the NFC. But yesterday the big news was coming out of L.A. with the Chargers, and that's why we welcome in Joel Reedy from the Associated Press, covers the L.A. Chargers. Joel, uh, welcome to Sports 1440. Good morning. How you doing? We're doing great up here. Uh, hopefully uh, you're not extremely, extremely busy uh, to take some time with us, and we really appreciate that. So uh, what do you make of just uh, all the news we've been hearing about it for several weeks now uh, with Jim Harbaugh and all the, the rumors that have been speculating, but finally to kind of surface and land in uh, Charger land, uh, what's the reaction and the feeling down there? I think Chargers fans, most of all, are relieved that it got done. Uh, huge move by the Spanos family, getting an experienced head coach, but also, you know, going out and getting one of the top free agents on the market this year. I think when you've got a quarterback like Justin Herbert and, 
being in the media second largest media market, you have to go and make aggressive moves like this. And they went they went out and they went out and got it. So it's a huge bolt boost to the uh, fan base for sure. Joel, what's the biggest thing that he adds? What are his biggest attributes that will hopefully make the Chargers successful in uh, uh, moving forward here? I think that he's going to bring a culture of accountability, and he's got people. He, he, he's got a team that will buy in. I think everywhere that he's gone, they haven't been great situations, and they've needed turnarounds. And he's gone, and he's immediately done that. Now, with his alma mater, it took a little bit longer to get a to get a title to get them competing for the top spot in the country and the Big Ten, but he eventually got it and won his national title this year. But that first year at Michigan, he did get him the 10 wins. You look at what he did at San Francisco. That was a program that was middling for a decade to 15 years, immediately got them in contention and into the NFC Championship game that first year and then the Super Bowl the second year. So, can there be an immediate turnaround here this year? Who knows because of salary cap situation and a couple things at play. But he he comes in, he's got the cachet, and as a former player who accomplished a lot too. Joe Reedy, Associated Press, covers the L.A. Chargers, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. How do you think the relationship will foster and grow between quarterback Justin Herbert and the new head coach? I think I think it'll grow. I think that I think that any time you've got somebody who played the position, it helps out. I think that the relationship between Herbert and Brandon Brandon Staley was good too, because Staley was a, was a former quarterback, um, and and that worked out. I think I think the other thing that it'll do it is it'll it'll bring up it'll bring about some stability. Herbert's now on his fourth different head coach and going into his fifth NFL season. He might be with his uh, fourth different offensive coordinator too. But you know, with a five-year contract and the the investment they put into Jim Harbaugh, this isn't going to be a two to three-year. Two to three year uh, term. This is going to be a uh, five year term and uh, hopefully longer. What do you think that Harbaugh does with his staff at coordinators? Uh, what I've been hearing is Jesse Minter, who was the defensive coordinator at Michigan, will be coming along. Offensive coordinator Greg Roman's been mentioned, but I also think you got to keep an eye on David Shaw, uh, possibly in that in that uh, position. Shaw was an offensive coordinator for four years under Jim Harbaugh, was out of uh, football last year after uh, being let go as the head coach at Stanford, but uh, definitely is a veteran mind and since they've, since they've worked together is a possibility. Mm-hmm. I think probably as many as four to five members of Harbaugh's staff will be coming from Michigan over to the NFL, I think the I think the underrated one though, the big move if he does come is uh, not related to Justin. His name is Ben Herbert, who is mm-hmm. the strength coach. Which if you talk to players at Michigan during the Rose Bowl, like I did when they were there, they raved about Ben Herbert and uh, 
stirring program, but also building that mentality and that culture that uh, Harbaugh did Harbaugh lends into the uh, program. Joe Reedy, AP, covers the L.A. Chargers, our guest on Sports 1440. So, I mean, the, the Chargers had so many injuries, most notably, obviously, uh, Herbert, a quarterback, uh, missing all the games with the finger. In it. And But the receivers the decimated. They were decimated on, on the offensive line, and it, it led to the seven losses by three points or less. So uh, do you think if everyone's healthy and with a Harbaugh coming in with a new direction, new voice, new message – the, the Chargers are a team that can take it to that next level and be one of the top echelon teams in the NFL next year. Well, there, there's there's going to be a lot there's going to be a lot of changes with the roster during the off season. There's some salary cap issues. Um, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are both scheduled to make twenty twenty million or more next year. I think only one of them is going to be back. Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack are both scheduled to make over over twenty million or more. I think only one of them are going to be back. I mean, they're about forty four, forty five million over the cap right now. So it it will be interesting with a new coach and GM how they navigate everything. I also think that you know there have been depth issues on the offensive line. Center Corey Lindsley. Because of the uh, heart issue, will probably will probably retire. He said he was ninety nine percent leaning that way. There's definitely depth and experience issues in the secondary. Running back Austin Eckler will likely not be back because he's going to mm-hmm. be a free agent. So there, there's there's going to be some rebuilding. But if you can get a core of veterans who can come to L.A. for less money and play for a Jim Harbaugh, I think that turnaround can happen. And I think one thing that people forget in 2011 with Harbaugh, too, is that that came in a lockout year when he didn't get his team for the first time until early August, and it was still being formed because of the lockout and everything. And he still got that team the double-digit wins in the NFC uh, championship game. So. The fact that he's going to have a full offseason to work with this team in free agency will be fun, too. Any chance, Joe, that uh, Austin Eckler could come back? Yeah, I think there's a chance. I, I think it's what they what Austin wants uh, and also what they're what they're willing to offer and how this offense fits them. Uh Running back on a third contract, you know, trying to get that money is going to be is going to be a challenge. Uh, but I also think that this team has lacked a two running back attack that that would play to Austin Eckler's strengths. So I think a lot depends on what comes back and you know who they can get to who they can get to fit in terms of that. As much as they look at um, getting the offense back to where they think it can be and where it was, Joe, maybe more problems on defense. They ranked 28th uh, in the NFL last year. How do, how do they kind of shore up the holes in defense and get the defense back to where it complements the offense? Uh, I, the scheme will be a major thing. I think that there were a lot of times last year where Brandon Staley – 
tried to tried to do tried to do circle in the squares a lot of times and it and it didn't fit i think that uh this scheme will hopefully match the talent and and develop with the talent and be more flexible that way i think when you when you looked at michigan it was it was an aggressive team that you know also bent but not broke uh it, i think it was among the leaders in uh Least points allowed per game in the uh, in college football, but Jesse Minter, uh, great young mind as far as defensive coaches in that scheme and uh, his uh, four pillars, especially not allowing big plays. But uh, I think I think a lot depends on the talent coming back too. It's a veteran group, but a veteran group that a little bit weary. This is three straight years that they've finished in the in the 20s or near the uh, bottom of the NFL. First two years of Brandon Staley couldn't stop the run. Last year couldn't stop the pass. So it's got a lot to prove, but uh, I think that they will definitely uh, do a focus on defense going into uh, free agency in the mm-hmm. draft. Joe Reedy with us on Sports 1440, covers the L.A. Chargers. Uh, assuming when we were talking about the coordinators with Kellen Moore, uh, not um, part of the picture moving forward, where do you think he surfaces? I think that's a, that's a good question. I think, Kellen, maybe a possibility here to keep mm-hmm. some keep some stability at offensive coordinator, but I think a lot depends on Jim's system and what Jim wants in a offensive coordinator. Uh, there's a possibility he could resurface in Carolina. I know he was among the finalists for head coach there last year, um, but uh, I don't. I don't think he's going back to Dallas. That's mm-hmm. for sure. But. Uh, <laughs> It'll 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 be inter- it'll be interesting where things go. I, I know he he had an interview chance blocked in Chicago, which I always hate that when you got coaching staffs in limbo and the uh, team that he's employed with blocks for blocks for that reason. But it, it, there's there's still a lot of OC openings throughout the league, so I'm sure if it's not here, he'll he'll bounce back pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Joe Reedy, uh, Associated Press, covers the L.A. Chargers, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. So the Chargers, uh, with the draft coming up, uh, I think pick fifth overall. What would you say the pressing needs are, and what would they be looking at at that spot? And also, Joe, do you think that they would move somewhere else uh, out of that number five hole? If I was them, I would definitely, I would definitely look at moving and trying to accumulate more picks. Um, that was something that Tom Telesco did not do during his ten or eleven years here with the Chargers. He was pretty intransigent as far as uh, not wanting to move up or down the draft board. But I think they're in an excellent position because quarterbacks are going to go the first two or three spots in the lead, in the in the draft that with four or five quarterbacks, if somebody wanted to move up to that fifth position, it would benefit them to to, to listen to that and go. Uh, I think offensive tackle is a possibility. Uh, wide receiver, definitely. Five would be too, too high for a running back. But, uh, you know, if somehow miracle, miracles Marvin Harrison – 
Junior dropped to uh, the fifth pick, which I don't see happening because Arizona needs a receiver at four. That would definitely benefit them, the trade or, uh, like I said, offensive line or uh, receiver is how it's going right now. But I would would definitely listen to trade offers for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe, just your thoughts on the weekend games, the AFC and NFC Championship. Let's start with uh, Kansas City on Baltimore. Uh, What do you like in that game? Uh, What are you most looking forward to watching, I guess? I think it'll be fun in Baltimore. First time they've hosted an AFC championship game since the Colts in 1970. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has shown that he can win a playoff game on the road, which was the biggest uh, question. But uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are just uh, rolling right now. That second half that they played last week was uh, spectacular. I don't know if Kansas City's got the defense to match up with it, um, but it's it's going to be it's going to be a fun atmosphere uh, for sure. Uh, probably right now, I would say uh, Ravens by three in the NFC Championship. Lions, Niners, uh, teams that have gone into Frisco in the past when Frisco's hosted the NFC title game. They haven't done well. You got a team that's rolling against a team hosting, but has struggled a little bit. But uh, I, I think just the experience of being in an NFC title game, I would go with uh, San Francisco right now by probably six or seven. Do you uh, do you get a lot of play? How much uh, legs do you see with uh, Detroit being kind of the feel good story in the NFL this year, or one of them anyway? Oh, D- D- Detroit's definitely, definitely the feel-good story, and definitely, you know, Jared Jared Goff having presence of mind and stuff, uh, and returning to Northern California is is a great story. I mean, you would like to you would like to see Detroit get to a Super Bowl because it it would be a new team and everything, but. I just think with the talent that, that San Francisco's uh, got, and uh, especially after that close call last week, that uh, it, it'll be tough to go into uh, tough to go into uh, Santa Clara and mm-hmm. beat them. You know, the the Harbaugh story is just so remarkable when you think, you know, John led Baltimore to the title in 2012 and, you know, Jim being in, in San Francisco. So we'll see that again, that uh, the brothers uh, matching up next year just don't know when. But what do you make of that? That'll be fun uh, due, to the, due to the wonderful uh, setup of the, uh, of the NFL schedule. Um, You've got the uh, AFC North and AFC West uh, matching up. Uh, I don't think Jim will be going to uh, Detroit for uh, a couple years yeah. yet uh, because the NFC NFC North uh, played AFC West this year, and Detroit visited uh, Detroit visited the Chargers. So it would be 2027 before D- before uh they went to Detroit but that'll that'll definitely be one of the primetime games uh it'll be in Los Angeles so you know the first time they met it was uh Thanksgiving night that they drew a lot of numbers second time they met was a Super Bowl and now who knows if they both had uh titles from this past season with uh 
with uh, Jim at uh, the University of Michigan, and then uh, John, if he could lead the Ravens to uh, his get his second Super Bowl title, that would be uh, something for sure. But the one thing that uh, John has an edge on uh, Jim on, I think at the moment, is uh, statues at their alma mater because uh, – <laughs> John in the cradle of coaches at Miami of Ohio by winning a Super Bowl has one that's been up for a while. And I think uh, Jim needs one to uh, for sure. <laughs> well, Michigan tried everything to keep Jim in Michigan. Is it a no brainer in your mind who they move forward here in Michigan? Yeah, uh, if they don't if they don't name Sharon Moore sometime in the uh, next forty eight hours, uh, I would think there's definitely something wrong. But Ward Manuel with his uh, with his statements definitely sounded like with the speed and everything that uh, they're going to be moving that way. I think the biggest thing that everybody wants right now is how many assistants Jim is going to take with him, so that. Uh, Sharon can uh, can fill his can fill his staff as quickly as possible since we're pretty late in the uh, college coaching cycle here. Well, Joe, appreciate your time this morning. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the AFC and the NFC championships, and and then the Super Bowl in Vegas. Uh, thanks a lot for hopping on today. No problem. Take care. That's Joe Reedy from the Associated Press covers the L.A. Chargers. Jim Harbaugh named the new head coach of the Chargers. And, you know, I mean, Joe said there's a possibility that Austin Eckler may return. But, you know, looking to after a couple of contracts, they're all the running backs. We all talk about the running backs union, Duke, and how the fact that they are always seem to be underpaid in whatever contract they are signing. But Eckler will try to probably I guess uh, cash in. Having said that, he had a really off season this year compared to last year, but uh, I mean, still a heck of a running back. And really, out of nowhere, 2017, undrafted and turn- fantasy wise, he was top of the heap. For, for a couple of years in a row, yeah. one of the most uh, most productive backs uh, in the field with his uh, you know good ability uh, to run the ball and obviously uh, as a pass catcher as well. So an, an absolute touchdown machine um, for virtually his entire career. And then kind of, yeah, hit a bit of a wall this year, which, I mean, hey, the, the detractors will say that's because uh, running backs do have such a short shelf life and he's seen so much action over the couple previous years that maybe it's uh, time catching up with him already. I, I think he's probably due for a strong bounce back, but I... I'll be honest, I would be quite surprised if it's in a Chargers uniform because mm-hmm. of the uh, financial crunch that that team's facing and the fact that he does want to kind of, um, like you said, cash in and, and set himself up and his family up for uh, uh, for the future. I mean, hey, hometown discounts are nice, but you got to look out for number one sometimes too. What would you say if Derrick Henry landed in L.A.? I think Henry would is probably in the same boat where he's looking for a pretty substantial payday. Yeah. Um, I, I just uh, was doing some reading there while you were Joe and it like Saquon Barkley's name starting to yeah. circulate in trade rumors and stuff. So, I mean, hey, it uh, depending on what price is and stuff, uh, obviously he's um, going to be needing to be compensated quite heavily as well. But I, I think that the Chargers would be smart to bring in a, uh, a proven commodity at running back, but at the same time, not one that you're kind of like, I think a Henry or Eckler where you are kind of risking the past their prime mentality for probably a deep, pretty big price tag. Um, like if you get them at a, at a cheap deal, then yeah. I'm, I'm all aboard, oh, but, for sure. but I think they'd probably be smarter to look at maybe a younger guy to bring in, whether it's, um, 
you know, an unproven guy through the draft. But uh, when you have Herbert at quarterback, you're kind of basically just throwing everything else around that center. Piece, a right? guy like Damian Pierce could be on the way out of Houston, and maybe Joshua Kelly. They feel that he can be uh, a number one back. Yeah, uh, in in L.A. with the Chargers, but there's. Could be a lot of movement, let's call it that, at the running back position in the NFL in the offseason. When we come back, we're wrap things up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Speaking of the morning skate, um, from the Oilers' morning skate, it appears, as we discussed earlier in the morning several times, that Cal Pickard will start in goal for the Oilers tonight against the Chicago Blackhawks. It'll be his 100th career start, so congratulations to Cal Pickard for reaching that mark. In his last five starts, he's 4-1. and one. He's got a goals against average of 2.60 and a save percentage of 9.06. So pretty cool that uh, he will get his 100th start. Now, maybe the bigger news is that, and we saw this at the end of the third period last night, or sorry, two nights ago against Columbus, that the Oilers shuffled the lines a little bit. And maybe this is how we will see the game start tonight. Uh, lines at the morning skate were Leon Dreisaitl, Connor McDavid, and Zach Hyman. That line was thrown together for the third period against the Blue Jackets. Evander Kane, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Warren Fogle. And that line was thrown together for the third period against Columbus, and then uh, Dylan Holloway, Ryan McLeod, and Connor Brown. And when you know it, that line was together in the third period against Columbus. And that line actually created several scoring opportunities. It was a big goal by Holloway to kind of ice the game, I guess you could say. Connor Brown got the assist on that goal. And then the uh, fourth line will be uh, Yanmark, Ryan, and Gagne. The defense pairings staying the same Nurse and Cece, Ekholm and Bouchard, Kulak and DeHarnay, uh, Kemp, Phil Kemp is the seventh D-man was recalled. More of a paper transaction where he was sent back to Bakersfield and then uh, recalled quite quickly. And again, it looks like Cal Pickard will start and Stu Skinner gets the night off and then you can expect Stu Skinner to be in the net on Saturday afternoon when the Oilers play their final game before the All-Star break in 10 days off. It's a long Days off. Also, uh, New York Rangers reporting that Nick Bonino will be placed on waivers this afternoon. So, some interesting line combinations, Duke. That's how we saw the game against Columbus. And so, I think it's just a sense where options are always there. Coaches want to see what they have. Again, Chicago played last night <laughs> in Seattle. And try, I mean, the Hawks played so hard. They play very hard. They play a game that's patient. They're not going to... If you get in a track meet with any team, if you're the Chicago Blackhawks in their lineup right now, you do not have a recipe for success. That happened last night at stages of the game with Seattle. The Kraken scored on opportunities. Hawks failed to score on some scoring opportunities. But uh, you cannot get in a track meet with the Oilers if you're the Hawks. You can expect that there will be absolutely zero forecheck going on and guys hanging out at the neutral zone waiting for the Oilers to try to get through the neutral zone and into the offensive zone. Uh, That's what you could expect from the Chicago Blackhawks uh, tonight. Also tonight, big game for the Critters, Duke, but you're not in action. You're curling instead. Critters are on the road. Well, they're on the road all the time. I guess. <laughs> no home games no for the home Critters. Games. Where would the wouldn't there be a wouldn't it be great to have a home game right here in West Edmonton Mall for the Critters? That would be something. Wouldn't it be something? 
Who'd we play? I don't know. Inner I mean, squad game. No, no, no. I <laughs> think you'd you know you could figure. Well, there. How about an Oilers alumni? Ooh, I think the Critters might get beat even worse than our media team did. Oilers alumni, where? How about Doug Hicks would be the youngest player? <laughs> and Doug's still a hell of a player for his age when he comes to alumni skates. Uh, still in top physical condition, Hicks he is, but. To make the, to make the game even, to make it worthwhile. Yeah. Well, the the, the 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 good news is the critters have a natural have a way of doing that themselves uh, in terms of keeping the score close and mm-hmm. making sure that you know the game's always comes always comes down to the wire. Here's another one. Saw Kevin Lowe the other day and coming off double hip surgery and knee, knee uh, a double hip replacement and and knee surgeries. Maybe he so if he played, you know, basically on still in a walker on a walker out there, maybe the critters would have a chance. But what about the game today? Where critters are in uh, hometown oh. of Jason Gregor? Yes, out in uh, New Sarepta. There, Sarepta. and I, I was talking with Marty yesterday. Sold out, a sold out show. Unbelievable. Well, I mean, New Sarepta on a Thursday night. What more do you want? What, what more is there to do? I'm surprised. Well, I know uh, Gregor's got it. He'll be at the game tonight. Yes. I'll, be, I'll be at the game. They were his talk about maybe, you know. An maybe, appearance. On a, well, I thought maybe they might retire his jersey, his minor <laughs> hockey jersey at the New Sarepta rink. Wouldn't that be something? That would be something. I know, uh, he, well, Gregor would have a lot of insight under that because <laughs> last year, this past spring, all the talk was uh, Struddy going out to Kamloops for the Mem Cup to, to I think, do some ceremonial puck drops or something. He was thinking they were going to do a surprise jersey <laughs> retirement for him. Unfortunately, no. did not come to fruition. I can see it for Buck, uh, Greg's brother. He's a good player. Yes. Yes, tough player. Or I mean, Noah, but Noah's obviously... <laughs> It's a little. I don't know if there'd be room in the. If he'd have time to new Sarepta come. Yeah, can you take a break from the Leafs and just zip in to have your just drop by? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Duke, the uh, it was interesting to hear Joe Reedy's comments about the AFC and NFC championships. I think most people are just going with the favorites here. You are saying Detroit. Uh, you're going to go with Detroit to knock off. San Fran is that just the spread or to outline outla- as per usual on the on the dogs for me when the spread's a little bit bigger like this one is I will uh, be on the them to cover have quite heavily and then I will uh, do what I what I like to call the sprinkle the money the line sprinkle. sprinkle on the underdogs uh, but on the other side yeah I will be taking the Ravens here's well here's you go I like the Ravens to win I'm not sure if I like them to cover I think this game will be mm-hmm. as like it's the Chiefs just. They are, Patrick Mahomes has himself in every game, no matter what. So I think like it might I'm be go, it might I, be another uh, like come down to the wire type thing, just like last weekend against the Bills. Patrick Mahomes, until there is a really, really uh, evident reason and lopsided kind of Defeat. balance balance of opposition. I don't know if a guy can bet against him. Very true. Very, very true. What What are the uh, spreads here? To, uh, do you have them off the top of your head? I, mean, I thought they I were. Figured you did. I thought they were upwards of six. The Duke is on it right now. I'm always right. How on about it. the B man was all over me for saying about the championship weekend? Isn't that next Sunday? Yeah, he he was a little <laughs> self self admittedly a little confused. Um, so yeah, the Ravens Thanks, three B-man. three and a half points for the Ravens and a seven seven for the Niners. Ooh. 
So, yeah, like at three, if it was two and a half, I would take the Ravens to cover. But at three and a half, like this might come down to a mm-hmm. Justin Tucker uh, game winning field goal. Uh, also, thanks to Rob for sending in his French onion soup recipe. And did not spare any details. It was, it's like very uh, meticulous. And it, it goes, I, it, it would be like this right here if I went two pounds onions, 50 50 split, yellow and red. And then, uh, hey, that's my recipe for Malagatani. For deep, for no, a no. deeper flavor. For Malagatani. No, no, like for oh, the soup Nazi. Yeah, yeah I read yeah, it. I got them all soup Nazi. Uh, no soup you're, for you. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's solid. That's one of the best ones. Next. Seinfeld. Yeah, next. Yeah. You're done, soup Nazi. Ladle to oven safe bowls with toasted bread and your favorite cheese on top. I don't know about that, Rob. I think you have to go with a certain type of cheese. I think a lot of people go with the mozzarella, and then they put the little the bread thing in there, right? Yeah. I'll be honest with you, Kev. And, you, I, and fairness, I have had very little experience with French onion soup. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really do it for me. Oh, French onion soup. Another here, and I hope Rob's still listening. I made a batch of it years ago and uh, used Guinness beer. Oh. and you, But you got to kind of... Did that did that deepen the flavor profile? It did, but you sort of have to boil the alcohol out of it, yeah. obviously. But you're still getting that that dark. It was way darker. You're getting that dark, and uh, it, it cascades down just like a, a a real Guinness. You don't like Guinness, do you, Duke, or not? It, it's it like I'll have one, mm-hmm. uh, but that is as much as I can have. Do you know that Guinness beer has less calories and less carbonation than a Coors Light? I did know that actually. You did, yeah. I can't slip anything by you. Well, anymore. you slipped plenty, plenty past me, Kev. Uh, but but it's, you know, when we're talking in in terms of uh, some old and predating <laughs> my birth uh, sports stats, you can really get them past me. I might as well not have a goalie in the net. But you're talking about something that's right in my wheelhouse yeah. here. Wow, well, uh, beer, yeah. Good, good time, Charlie. <laughs> but so you're heading out for the curling tonight. Six thirty draw at the Delburn Curling Club once again. Uh, reiterating, celebrating its one hundredth mm-hmm. anniversary this year with the Farmers Bond Spiel this week. Big Eight. banquet Saturday night. Eight ender or ten end game? Eight ender. Ooh, yeah. Nine Monday night. That's yeah, went, extra went end, to yeah. the extra. The and team the, uh, team could not get it done without me last <laughs> night though. So they they lose if we if they'd won ten a.m. Saturday. What a perfect draw! Instead so, tonight at six thirty. Oh boy, yeah. Well, you would go on Friday and then. Just well, yeah. So uh, hang around the curling club for. Uh yeah, but here's the thing with the big day on Saturday. I might have maybe uh, been a, a Friday night, go to bed really early, and just head down Saturday mm-hmm. morning. But I mean, hey, that's easy to say uh, ahead of time with the nod at staring you in the face. So we want to pass on our very best uh, to our co-host Eddie Steele. He's going to be with us tomorrow. Now, Eddie just sent in a text a little while ago, said that he had surgery. We were talking about uh, last week. Well, it was two weeks ago, I guess. He had all of his wisdom teeth taken out, and one adult tooth taken out, and another. Uh, child tooth still that was hanging around there so eddie had the surgery after the show two weeks ago because he didn't want to miss it he came in last week and uh man he was still swollen and had some puffiness under you know his eyes and anyway so he had a quick little procedure and he's going to do the show from home tomorrow that's how much of a trooper eddie Steele is as tough as they come so We'll have Eddie with us tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock till 9. Uh, Thanks so much to our guest today, A.J. Jakubik from TSN 1200 in Ottawa. Mark Spector, Frank Saravalli from Sportsnet and the Daily Faceoff, Carmen DeFalco, ESPN 1000 in Chicago, and Joe Reedy, Associated Press, covers the L.A. Chargers. And, of course, 
the great Laddie Schmid. What did he say? The year 1986 or whatever? 86. That's uh, when because that's when that, Coffee Streak uh, coffee wrapped streak, up here. This and that's when life changed for the world. Right? Is humanity. That what he said? Humanity. Yeah. Humanity. Laddie was born. <laughs> A lot of fun again with Laddie. So. We'll uh, be back tomorrow with Eddie Steele at 7 o'clock. Thanks so much to all our texters. We had some great comments uh, uh, for being a part of the show. I really appreciate it. You make the show what it is. Coming up, top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy with... The former Ross Shep T-Bird. Connor Alley and the Duke of Delburn from uh, 11 to 12. At 12 o'clock till 2, the lowdown with Alan Mitchell. 2 o'clock till 6, Jason Greger will take us home with the Jason Greger show here on Sports 1440. Tomorrow, 7 o'clock, we're back with Eddie Steele. Once again, thanks so much for listening. Have a wonderful day before Fantasy Frenzy at the top of the hour. Here is another Sports 1440 update with the lovely and talented Donovan the Intern. Have a great day, everyone.